episode of Fratello on Air. I'm Mike Stockton, coming to you from Frankfurt, Germany. And I'm Balash Ferenczi, coming to you from Karlsruhe, Germany. And my name is Jorg Weppelink, and I'm coming to you from The Hague in the Netherlands. Well, gentlemen, how are we doing today? Splendid. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't sound too happy, Balash. What's up? <laughs> I try to control myself. Come on, man. It's Speedy Tuesday, Balash. Come on. Ah, true. True. It's Speedy Tuesday. And I'm not wearing a Speedmaster. Let's do a quick... uh, What are we doing, Mike? Hangelenks controller. Yeah, Yeah, we're we're hopping right to it here. So, Balash, since you were... uh, you are the agenda setter. Uh, <laughs> why don't you tell us what's on your hand-a-lengths? So I'm like, uh, I'm like those uh, those cheesy movies, you know, when they they're getting married and they're wearing something new, something old, something borrowed. This is what I think about something this watch. Something blue? Is it something Sa- blue? Well, no, there's sadly not. Uh, no, but there's something blue on it actually. I'm wearing the Synchron. Uh, watch that the watch that you had the synchro military that you had in march i uh, finally received it uh a, a week ago so hence it's something old and something new because i i bought it a while ago but i haven't received it until um last week and it's something borrowed because um you know well you know the story that i how i had another one and then you were gracious enough to help me send that back and yada 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 I almost uh, wanted to keep that one. The PVD was actually really good, but right. go ahead. And then there's a, there's a blue protective film on the crown, so that's something blue as well. So I'm wearing this watch uh, in steel, uh, same steel that you have, and I think Tomas has the same one, and it, Rob has the watch in PVD. And how do you like it? I like it. I think it's a cool watch. Uh, I love the size. Um, it it reminds me of my vintage um, Shark Hunter, the Doxa Shark Hunter that I have. That's a pre-synchron Shark Hunter. Um, obviously, much much bigger and thicker and heavier than the three hundred uh, sub three hundred, which it was supposed to be an earlier model. Um, and I put it on um, uh, a vintage Tropic strap because I'm not really a fan of. The, the big, uh, chunky, bulky rubber strap that, that it came on. And um, I think it looks quite good on the Tropic. Now oh, you can yeah. see it on the camera, so you be the judge. Oh, it looks yeah. pretty vintage Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's my, that's my wrist candy for the day. What about uh, you, York? Actually, it's the one that Mike actually texted me about yesterday. It's actually a, a watch I reviewed, um, and the review came online uh, yesterday. It's a G-Shock, um, and it might be the ultimate summer watch when it comes to a colorful watch. It's uh, the G-Shock MTG B2000PH2A, which is a mouthful, but it also goes by its nickname, the Blue Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um it's part of um, uh, the MTG 
line of G-Shock watches, which is um, one of their uh, more premium lines of, uh, of watches. And um, its case construction is, uh, is what makes it special. Usually they would... Um, um, well, I'll tell you about this case. This has a, um, has a carbon inner case, which holds the movement, and it has a um, steel bezel and um, a steel protective case around the carbon case. So that um, color is on steel, huh? Exactly. It's what they call, and that that makes it special, Mike. Right? It's it's um, it's blue. It's light blue, actually, and it has a special iron plated pattern on it, which um, is referred to as the rainbow pattern. So it actually shows gold and pink and blue. So it's, I mean, just. If you're listening, just go ahead and go to fratellowatches.com and watch the review. Just, I mean, just seeing the watch itself um, will will, uh, will um, have you react a certain way. Um, I know you did, Mike. You sent me a message yesterday about the watch. Yeah. Um, I said it looked awful. <laughs> so. You did. You did. Yeah. I mean, I understand. It's a watch that um, you either love or hate. Uh, there's no, there's not, nothing in between. Um, I happen to love it because it's. Uh, uh, yeah, I've worn it for two days, and not only is it a, a very colorful statement, and it's so over the top um, that you, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it just makes me smile every time I, uh, I look at it. But the thing that stands out, and we've talked about it a lot in the office as well, is the quality of the build quality of uh, of this specific watch is um, is quite extraordinary, to be honest with you. I mean, I have to give it up to uh, to G Shock. Uh, it's it's something. I mean, not even not just the the, the case construction, but um, like the um, the rubber strap has an end link which is attached to the case. It's really well done. I mean, it's it's. I tell you, it's something. I mean, it's something both because of its color, but also because it's a really nice and qualitative watch. Um, What's not, the price on it? Yeah, it's not it's not cheap. It's eleven hundred euros. So you, I mean. Ooh. Yeah, for a G-Shock, it's uh, it's pretty uh, pretty steep, but for a rainbow-colored um, summer watch, it's uh, not bad. There you go. So, so you guys remember? Um, did you guys ever see that movie Mallrats? I did. Jason Lee. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, Balash, you, you you've definitely been to a U.S. mall. I guess you probably have too, York. And they had like these. Um, kiosks in the center yeah like you just kind of walk along like selling junk you know yeah. and yep. um back when i was growing up we we got uh, a new mall near our house it was called the coral square mall in coral springs florida and balash that's even I, I still even remember walking in and seeing the first generation uh, jordans there like the uh oh that was a long time ago yeah yeah and um so this kiosk, not too far from the Foot Locker there, had, um, well, you guys probably also remember like when Russia was um, starting to fall apart, you know, there was a lot of stuff coming out of there and titanium was one of these things, you know, titanium was something that, you know, was, was big time in Russia, but, you know, I guess the U.S. had some as well and there was this place selling titanium earrings. Yeah. And what they would do is they had this like little bath of water with a battery and they would turn the current on and put the earrings in and the current would create like a rainbow surface. 
And that's mm. what I thought of when I saw that watch. Mm-hmm. So sorry, it just takes me back to a very different time. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's not necessarily a bad reference, is it? I don't think so. I mean, I, I would like to have those Jordans, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you can you can name this episode a Russian titanium meets Air Jordan. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> nah, but I have to say, it's been fun wearing it for. Um, well, three days now, and uh, I was, I was, I am still uh, impressed by um, by what it is. Not just from its uh, its colors. You can uh, hate or love those, but G um, Shock is uh, is upping their game when it comes to quality as well. Nice. No, I'd say for that price, it it better be great. But even at a low price, their stuff is pretty good. So. Yep. Speaking of low prices, uh, have you seen the the new G Shock, the Budweiser G Shock? Oh yeah, kind of wanted that. But I have you guys ever gone on their website in the U.S. at least, or anywhere? I mean, it is truly. I don't know what if it's me, but when I go use my phone, it looks like something out of uh, WordPerfect. Yeah, it, it's unbelievable, and I clearly missed the boat on being able to get uh, to get one. But that's one I think I would have picked up. Which one, the Budweiser? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I, I it's so. it's nice. The only problem I have with white plastic, wa- yeah. white plastic, anything is that it's the nasty. yellow, right? Yeah, yeah. discoloration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then you, there's yeah. certain baths you can do with like electro, not electroplating, but like there's this UV lamp, and then you, I don't know, there's like YouTube tutorials on how to uh, kind of get rid of the yellowing, but then you take need to take the watch apart, and it's abolish. That's why you got to get two, right? Word one to rock, one, one to, to stock. stock. There you go, <laughs> <laughs> but the but the one you stock is going to be yellow as well. Yeah, Doesn't it matter is, where you it keep. That's it. true. That's true. <laughs> All right. So so, so what are you wearing, Mike? I'll go right. last year. So I am wearing um, a peculiar watch today. I'm wearing a. Um, I guess this is like '90s. It's a Bulova Sea Hunter, and. Mm. I posted this earlier today on Instagram. It's a weird watch. It's um, I have a chronograph version with a manual wind. I want to say a Lamania in it, and a I have this uh, automatic diver. And they both use what I'm guessing are if they're not Squale cases, they're Squale style cases. And this also means you know they're thousand meter water resistant. They've got this like big bubbly crystal and um, sort of a, yeah, that, that Squale style case, but what both of them have, and including the one I'm wearing today, um, is no dive bezel. (laughs) So these were, these were these just weird watches that were made for the Italian market. And I love it because it's odd. Um, they're not easy to find, but just, a I don't know, kind of a useless watch in terms of, uh, functionality aside from being functionality, a, really, yeah. <laughs> a really rugged field watch or i guess you could draw with like a permanent marker on the bezel of when you don't dive off the boat you know and hope that it doesn't wear off i don't well, know give it to sasha and she'll, she'll hook you up man yeah she can she, my daughter can draw all over it so yeah but i, I picked Sharpie this up um our, our mutual friend uh giuseppe helped uh me pull this one in balash um in italy and mm-hmm. shout out to Giuseppe. Yeah. 
So the chronograph, I actually got up. And you wrote about it at one for Tello as well, right? The chronograph, which I got up in Amsterdam. So it, uh, yeah, but I don't wear it often, but I was kind of, I've been in a mood to wear divers lately. So there you go. Uh, it reminds me of York's favorite Italian brand, speaking of Italy. Yeah, and speaking of no right. diving bezel. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a does. tiny bit. When I saw it on your Instagram um, feed today, I was like, oh, it looks kind of like a vintage Unimatic. Yeah, or I imagine this is how a Unimatic would look like if it was made in the 70s and 80s. Wasn't there like a Squale uh, 3H or something for the military they made with no markings on the bezel except for like one loom pip? Something like that? Could, could or pain. I don't know. Been. Somebody don't know. did something for the Bundes hmm. divers. Um, ah, one, one, one final comment, Polish. So the watch you're wearing, I took with me last weekend to Barcelona and wore it, you know, for mm-hmm. three, four days straight. And it was a great watch. It, it's, um, you know, you mentioned you really like traveling in your doxa and, and you will in this as well, because it's, it's kind of a cool watch, um, in terms of, you know, you look down at it and it's not like this, uh, junky thing. But yet nobody knows what it is and it's not flashy and you really don't have to worry about wearing it, you know? So I think you'll enjoy yeah, it. Yeah. True. Enjoy it. Yeah, I, I really used my my Shark Hunter for a long time for traveling. Um because it, it for exactly the same reason. It was big, heavy, sturdy. I could do whatever I wanted with it. I can take it off, throw it in the tray and the in the security, pick it up, put it on again. I wore it in NATO. And that's exactly the same. I mean, I'm, I don't know if it's exactly because I haven't compared, but it's roughly probably the same size. It's it's pretty much indestructible and, and it looks cool, but it also looks, um, it doesn't look like a Rolex or whatever. It's not a flashy watch at all. But true, yeah. true. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's move on to the topic today. So you'll notice we didn't kick off with a bunch of Corona talk, um, which many of you are probably happy about. And it's because life is slowly returning to normal, knock on wood. And what we thought we would talk about today are a couple watches each um, that I I don't want to say you might have missed since uh, things went uh, upside down a year ago, March, but maybe you haven't seen them in the metal. And we thought it would be wise to remind you of some watches that came out over the last roughly year or so, because if you are getting back out there as things are opening up, uh, these might be things that you'll want to try on if you can find them. I mean, a couple of them are tough finds, but a couple of them are, you know, regular edition pieces that are made in volume. And, you know, hopefully um, that's going to be one of your I wouldn't say first trips, but maybe one of your first trips is to your local AD and uh, just to browse and, and see what it's like to to put some watches on again. So I think um, we're going to let uh, your go first because uh, he never gets to go first on this podcast. So, <laughs> Well, thank you, Mike. <laughs> well, the first watch I picked is actually it's a, uh... We talked about going to the AD and checking it out, and this might be a challenge, to be honest with you. Um, the first watch I picked is is the Rolex Oyster Perpetual 41. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I haven't been able to check it out, to be honest with you. And um, I'm really intrigued by it because it obviously upped the size from 39 to 41. And um, as you know, I'm a tall guy. Um, and um, I'm really curious to find out how it fits my, my wrist. And specifically the version with the silver dial. Um, first um, first time I laid eyes on it, I was, I was intrigued by it, to be honest with you. And... Um, I still am. I uh, actually wrote um, a Sunday morning showdown with uh, our buddy Ben for Fratello, and uh, I defended the watch. Um, and I I like it. I like it a lot. So I'm really curious to find out whether it's as good in the metal as I um, I imagine it to be. Um, I don't know. Have you guys had a chance to actually check it out uh, in real life? Or so I I haven't. And um, but. You know, before the last lockdown here, and I should really make my way downtown this weekend to, to see, but they had um, they had some of the new Oyster Perpetuals in the windows of, I mean, we have two Rolex ADs here, like literally diagonal from each other. It's like a 30-second walk, you know, and they, um, mm-hmm. they, they I don't, I want to say they had a 41 millimeter in one of the colors that is probably now selling for some stupid money, but they had a lot of the 36s and they had a a smaller size and I saw the brightly colored ones. I don't think I saw this one. Um, I think I saw a green one, a yellow and Mm -hmm. maybe pink and the blue between the two different shops. And they were, they're nice. Um, but I do think that these brightly colored ones, I mean, I guess the light blue and the pink, you know, depending, um, are, are a bit more wearable. Um, but the one you've chosen, Jorg, I think is the most classic looking, uh, new version. And I don't know how much press it's actually getting versus like the yellow and the green or the orange. Yeah, that's a good one. You hear a lot of I mean, I hear around me a lot about the the green dial version, actually. Um, and I, I mean, I like that one as well, I have to be honest with you. But this specifically was, um, I was intrigued by its classical looks as well. And um, um, size is always a thing when it comes to Rolex, depending on uh, what model. I, um, and sp- because it's bigger, um, I'm really eager to f- to find out how it fits and um, if it could be the perfect entry level Rolex for um, for me. Well, not to actually, if you can get your hands on one, that's always the the addition, right? Yeah, yeah. Balash, I don't, I don't. Did you see any of those in Windows and and Hungary? I don't know no. if you went to Budapest or anything. No, I I haven't uh, I haven't been to be honest. I haven't checked in, in Budapest. I haven't spent too much time there. But also not in not in. Um, we have a Rolex dealer here, and um, well, one thing is they always empty the the window every every night, yeah. which you know I guess it's just silly, but I guess that's security. Um, and of course, they've been they've been pretty much closed in the last few. Uh, well. I guess since the beginning, so I, I haven't had a chance to to see them in real life. Um, so I, I don't know. Um, to be honest, they're not really my cup of tea when it comes to Rolex. But then again, um, one thing what you like and one thing what you can get from Rolex these days, and they they don't usually mix. So this oh, might me... be something that you can get, <laughs> or at least you can see. Well, to be honest with you, I'm, I wasn't. I mean, 
I'm a bigger sub fan, um, so I would be eager to check that out as well. But then again, that I didn't think that was uh, as exciting or surprising as um, as this one actually. Um, uh, we know, all know the story. There's no no reason to go over it all again. But I just wasn't as enthusiastic about the new sub as I was about this one. So that's why I picked this one over the sub. Well, mm. in reality, I must add. In reality, I must add, I would probably pick the Submariner over the Oyster Perpetual as the, the one Rolex to get. Yeah. Mm. Oh, good choice. So, Balash, how about you? Thank you. Um, so, my first pick is a, a new watch that's uh, introduced in 2021 and during Watches and Wonders, and that is the Lange one perpetual calendar in a white gold case with a pink gold dial. Um, it's a limited edition. Uh, I don't know if you've you've seen uh, Lange release two watches. Um, one came in a um, gold, like a rose gold case with like a gray solid uh, silver, like dark gray dial, and the other one was a white gold case with a salmon. Uh, colored, uh, as I said, gold, um, solid pink gold. But it was—it's like a very light pink. It really looks salmon uh, dial. Yeah, so it's a beautiful watch. Um, I love it that it's a—you uh, know—it's the perpetual calendar version of the Lange one. I think the Lange one is a is a marvelous piece, but the the perpetual calendar that actually does a bit more than the Lange one, although the Lange one is like an icon. To me, it's just, you know, it's intriguing to, to have a, a piece like that or to, to, to see a piece like that. But unfortunately, I haven't been able to to see it in real life. Hopefully, I can soon because we have, I mean, Mike uh, and also uh, York and I, we have a, a mutual friend who works at Lange who used to work with me before, if you know yes. who I'm talking about. So mm-hmm. shout out to the big O. He know he knows who he is. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a you know it's like a, it's a 42, 42 millimeter watch, twelve millimeter thick, um, white gold case, um, pink gold dial, uh, gold rhodium gold hands. So it's just a really classy, beautiful watch. So um, yeah, the one thing that bothers me a little bit is um, that I expected or at least in the past what i saw from lange is they were really um you know they were very peculiar in that everything on the watch was german and now in this style there are a few things that are in german and other things are in english and i and i I couldn't get that i couldn't understand um this you know like it says ewige kalender which is german for perpetual calendar that's written at the at the bottom but then it says made in germany and then of course lange and zune glasute and then the dates and the i mean the the months and the months, days yeah. are again in english so that was a bit that was a bit um tricky but yeah what do you guys think about the piece well i think it's beautiful um i'm I think I mentioned on one of our prior podcasts, I'm more and more intrigued by Lange. Uh, but I have, I have an overall question with them, just kind of going back to this Rolex uh, uh, that York brought up and questions about availability. But with Lange, 
how available are these watches, Balash? Like, uh, and, and maybe this isn't a good example being limited, but in general, can you get what you want or not really? Yeah, this is limited to 150 pieces. Um, that's a good question. I would say that it's probably more available than than Rolex, but obviously the number, the production number is much lower than Rolex. Yeah. So if you look at this reference, this is the, the 345.056. Um yeah, it's it's a, it's it's a limited piece. It's brand new, so it's it's hard to tell. But but if you go on Chrono Twenty Four and you search for Lange uh, Lange One, there are there are a, a bunch of watches available. Like right now, as I search for Lange and Zuna One, there's a thousand five hundred fourteen pieces, and obviously you have Saxonias in there and Zeitwerk and stuff like that. So it's not only Lange and Zuna Lange One. Um, but this uh, this mutual friend of ours, he just bought one, and uh, it it was a very special piece. So I think it when it comes to Lange, and I'm really no expert on that, so I'm so sorry if anybody out there listening to this who's who says um, that what I'm saying makes no sense. But I think that it's the question is if you can get those special uh, special pieces, you know, like yeah. the steel with the this dial and the white gold in that case, and uh, with that dial and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah, Lange and Zuna. Uh, let me just uh, do a quick, quick search and look, look it up. How many Lange ones are there on Chrono Twenty Four? Um, so we have two hundred and forty-one results. Okay, and that's pretty much everything from perpetual calendars to just simple, quote-unquote, simple Lange. So twenty-four thousand up to one hundred and eighty thousand. So yeah, I think for what it is size-wise, that's uh, that's quite a lot of watches, huh? Yeah. No, beautiful, beautiful watch indeed. Yeah. So that's my pick. What's yours, Mike? So my first pick um, is probably no surprise to anyone, and this one is from way back in April of last year, um, and that is the Breitling Super Ocean Heritage Fifty Seven. And hmm. it's probably no surprise because I, I really w- was gushing over this watch when it came out and then I, I bought one. But I bring it up because we seem to forget things um, six to 12 months after they've happened. And I've had a few friends recently who got back out and, and finally got into a boutique over in the U.S. and were able to try this on and they kind of felt the the magic that I, that I brought up um, about it. And I think that it's just a watch you should try on, even if it's not your style or it, it's just kind of a, a neat thing because the bezel is so big, you know, it's 42 millimeters while the case below is 38. Um, and the thickness is less than 10 millimeters. So First off, like if you haven't looked at Breitling in a long time, that, that'll be wild just to see a watch like this in the Breitling case and check out the finishing. It's, it's really beautifully done. You know, the demerit on it is that despite being um, kind of a dive style, it's 100, 100 meter depth uh, resistance and, you know, it doesn't have a screw down crown, um, has... Um, not an in-house movement, even though it's chronometer certified. So it's an Ida or Solita in there, but man, it's, it's such a nice watch and 
beautiful mesh bracelet that they did, super thin and yeah, just kind of a unique, unique piece. I keep telling people that, you know, this is sort of like the manual transmission uh, sports car that everybody writes into a forum and says, why don't they make it? And then people don't go check it out. So go check it out. At least try it on. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's been fun. And I, I, I wore it um, just this past week uh, for a couple of days and it reminded me how much I really enjoy owning it. Yeah. It's a, it's a cool watch. I and it's not too pricey, right? I mean, well, it's obviously relative what pricey is, but yeah, it's about forty five hundred euros or so on bracelet and yeah. hair over four on on strap. But you know, which people complain about the yeah. the movement in that regard. But pff, I don't know. I, I think it's um, I think it's a really beautiful uh, piece, and it's well finished. It it feels. Every bit as good as you know the big brands that are competing with it. So it just happens to be a very unique form factor. So I think you saw it when we were in Netherlands, yeah. didn't you, uh, Balash? I think you saw it when I brought it up there. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Right, right. It was with you. I think uh, this this chronometer certification, blah blah. It's kind of when you read for, uh, uh, comments about. Uh, depth rating when people say oh if it's 100 meter water resistant then it's not a dive watch well none of you are going to take that watch down even to 10 meters so it doesn't really matter does it <laughs> I mean it makes, <laughs> I mean let's be honest that I, I, I who gives a crap about that stuff like is it 100 meters and it's not a dive watch like nobody's going to go down 100 meters you, you know that I and everybody knows that yeah. so it's not a chronometer certified watch I know what movement those watches have I've seen the when they case them we know which brand it is it, there's nothing wrong with those movements absolutely nothing yeah so i think if if anything was wrong with it bradley wouldn't be casing i've been putting those movements in those in those watches so there's there's nothing wrong with the movement there's a beautiful watch it's a great price you can choose whatever color you want Breitling has a, a pretty wide selection of these models available so i think it's a great piece and it's a good choice yeah thanks so, Jörg, you're up again. Numero due. Round two. Yeah. It's um, it's actually what you wrote about, Mike. And uh, it's a watch that it is not out yet. So, um, even when uh, the world is opening up, we're still not uh, able to check it. We won't be able to check it until the fall of this year. Um, uh, but it was... Um, it was announced in March of this year, um, and it's the uh, Citizen Caliber 0200, or oh. the Citizen, as um, people refer to it as well. Nice choice. Um, mm. I have to say, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I'm really intrigued by um, how this is um, going to turn out. And uh, I know you are, you, probably both of you guys are very interested as well in this, uh, in this piece. Um, I mean... Um, it's a return to uh, to a uh, well return. Yeah, it's a return to uh, to reference to some vintage pieces. But the thing that is um, really intriguing is the mechanical caliber zero two hundred that was developed um, with La Jupere, or basically the uh, Swiss um, movement producer that Citizen uh, acquired in twenty twelve. Um, 
that's one of the things I'm really looking forward to uh, checking out, obviously, um, as it is supposed to be very, very accurate. Um, next to that, the design is also um, quite remarkable. I mean, it plays into the, um, let's say, the hype of uh, luxury sports watches with a with an integrated bracelet. And, um, I mean, we've uh, talked about this topic, topic quite a bit, and it turns up... Um, uh, quite a lot in discussions we're having but um i mean i think i think it overall uh, the design looks very nice it looks very cool um and uh, i can't wait to uh, to find out um how it feels how it wears um the dial is is quite special as well yeah, like a crackle um, finish right yeah over exactly it's this black crackle finish with a um with a um, i think it's a gloss Glossy, like a polished um, register, the 60, 60 second register. Uh-huh. Um, I had to get used to it, um, to that register, to be honest with you. I was just like, okay, I like very clean dials. So there's always the question did they have to do this or could they just add a central seconds hand? Or, um, but overall, I think it's, it's a really intriguing, uh, intriguing watch that, um, could do wonders for citizen in um uh, yeah appealing to people that are um into the uh more luxury uh propositions from uh, fr- from psycho grand psycho uh, and even maybe some other brands as well because it's it's not a cheap watch it's uh it's six thousand dollars that's the uh that's the price so we will have to find out what it is in euros but um yeah, it's not a cheap watch so um they, I'd say they better deliver, right? I mean, if a citizen is asking those kinds of prices, uh, we expect them to uh, to deliver, and um, I have no doubt that it will be uh, it will be good. So, what do you guys think? So, maybe I'll kick it off. It, it, I'm going back to the article, and I'm just like perusing the comments, and it, it's funny to me how you know people were complaining and they're like, Hey, I just paid 90 bucks for citizen that I own. And it's amazing now how Seiko, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, cause Seiko and citizen go back 15 years ago or whatever, put into the same bucket. Right. And now Seiko has really established themselves. I think watch people like citizen. I think watch people also are, you know, begging for citizen to do more mechanical because they really went into eco drive, which is, Fantastic stuff. It just isn't overly interesting for watch people, you know, who like movements. Um, so I think this is a neat move. Uh, they, the design, to your point, like that sub-seconds, I'm with you. Took me a little getting used to. The hand design on the sub-seconds is entirely different than the, the hour and minutes handset, which is kind of weird. But I think that with such an angular case with a lot of focus on finishing, they probably felt they needed to change the dial up or else it was going to look a little bit too much like a Grand Seiko. And they did that. I mean, they came out with something unique looking. I mean, 6,000 bucks is, is pretty audacious, but you know, Grand Seikos weren't cheap when they came out either. And I think that, you know, if you offer something for 2000, people will look at it as well, still not really going after Grand Seiko. So I think, it's a it's a it's a neat move. I like that they brought back the little eagle that people tend to confuse with the Austrian uh, symbol. It's um, 
It, it could be, but it, it actually... <laughs> or, with, or with the Albanians. Yeah, it, it, it goes back to the chronomaster in the 60s and 70s. But it, I think it's cool, and it, it's a great pick, Jorg. I mean, I, this is another one that um, sort of came and went, and the fact that it's not out till basically October time frame means that it's been radio silence since then. Yeah, that's it. That's kind of surprising, right? It was you wrote the article March. in mean, March, the start of March. So it was announced fairly, fairly uh, early. Early. Let's see. So um, yeah, I can't wait to find out if uh, if it it picks back up again once uh, once it's released. I'm really curious to find out uh, mm. what people think, and obviously what what we will think as well. All I need to say is the people who complain about that stuff, Mike, are the same people who complain about the 100-meter dive watch. Yeah, yeah. And they're going to okay. say 6,000 euro citizen and no uh, no date window. Yeah. Check your yeah. date on your iPhone. It's, a, it's all these theoretical discussions, right? I mean, right. Um, what can you say? Obviously, it's a big chunk of money, but um, like I said, I have no doubt that um, uh, the citizen will deliver something special. Yeah, and they, you know, with owning Miota and obviously, as you mentioned, La Joux Perret, they, they're what, I think the largest movement, mechanical movement maker in the world. And yet they offer so little, at least from the citizen brand. And, you know, not as well known in the West, but they've got a, a vintage catalog or a back catalog that kind of rivals Seiko. I mean, maybe they weren't as groundbreaking on the movement front, uh, but they still have a heck of a lot of designs that people love. And it's incredible to me that they really haven't touched on any of that, whereas Seiko is obviously headlong into it. Uh, but they, they, they have <laughs> yeah. an opportunity out there if they want it. Let's put it that way. But I kind of give them credit for doing something different True. with this, with this, the citizen because it isn't retro, really. It's got some some retro touches to the case design, but it's kind of its own thing, which is cool. How about you, Balash? Thank you very much. So my second pick, and the last one at that, is the... It's actually not one watch. It's uh, three watches. And that's the... It's from 2020, November. And that's the Singer Reimagined Flytrack Chronograph, which mm. is... It's three watches, I said, because there's three different iterations that Singer created. And I did uh, the article, and I also did an, a podcast interview with uh, Marco, the, the the mind behind Singer and half of the company, obviously. Well, Marco is one part, and Rob, uh, Rob Dickinson is the other one in California. But so this is supposed to be, the, the, the Flytrack supposed to be the um, entry-level version of Singer Reimagined. And um, the Fly Track has three iterations or three versions, as I said. Those three were the, the those three are the, the Fly Track collection. And then they also did a special edition for the uh, introduction of this collection. And it's virtually the same watch as the Track 1 collection with a, a simpler movement, chronograph movement, but the case shape and the design and everything is is the same. And as I said, it's the entry-level model, so the price will going to be also entry-level. And by that, uh, I mean... Uh, <laughs> <the> wrong... <laughs> <laughs> I just checked the price and... Yeah. Go ahead, Balash. <laughs> 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 well, it's uh, it's it's entry level in terms of singer, 
Um, <clears throat> let's just put it this way. It's a, it's a lot of money, but it's also a lot of watch for the money. It's 26,500 Swiss francs, excluding VAT and local taxes um, for the limited edition, um, for example. So, but anyways, um, I, I love Singer. I like this this uh, neo-vintage design. And obviously, Marco, if you listen to the podcast, I don't want to uh, toot my own horn too much about that. But really, he tells the story how he became uh, involved with Singer or how he established Singer and, and where he came from, um, what background he had. And and once you listen to that or you know who he is, then then that puts the brand into a completely different perspective as far as I'm concerned. And I mean, I'm a vintage guy. Well, Mike, you're a vintage guy too. Jorg, you you love design. I think um, these models or these uh, that the brand itself, but 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 um, the Flytrack models are especially you know watches that I think all three of us can find something that that um, that, that we can enjoy. Whether that's the movement, whether it's the design, whether it's the story, whatever it's a complication, or the the combination of of all of that. I mean, I was just laughing because of the price, but um, I have to be honest with you. I really, really love uh, what Singer is doing, both the track one and this one as well, the, the both collections. Uh, like you said, um, as a lover of design, I um, I absolutely adore what they've done. And um, yeah, I, great pick. I have to be honest with you. Thank you. So funny these are lower costs than their their other models but i like them better because they're a bit more simple on the dial yeah and yeah the movement just looking through the case back pretty stunning um you know 43 millimeters so i'd have to try yeah. one on to see how it works but the, these are definitely I, I would say the first models that they've come out with that i really truly like and I've kind of wanted to like them because I love the cars, um, you know, that, that they work on mm -hmm. and they clearly have a, have a, have a, uh, a good feel for aesthetics. And I think these are pretty neat. Um, again, just nice and simple. You're right. Balash, it goes back to like this, uh, kind of seventies look. And I know you love those watches, um, sort of like, uh, Mark two Speedmasters and, this has a lot of that in there. So I think uh, definitely a cool pick and one that I would think most people don't really think of all the time. You know, it's not a huge brand They're They do their own thing, um, but really nice stuff. So good, good choice. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Like the, the, the track one, as you said, is a bit more, uh, the, the dial is a bit more busy because that's a chronograph, right? And they wanted to reinvent the, the chronograph. So that's why these circular um, um, dials, basically, that's that's how they, the, the, the chronograph works. And this one is a flyback chronograph. It, it's very similar to the, the chronostop, the Omega chronostop, vintage chronostop yeah. from the 70s. Um, so the idea behind that is it's it's that. And the movement maker between the track one and uh, behind the track one and behind the fly track is the same. It's Agenor, which is just the same company that worked on the the Moser streamliner movements. Oh, so nice. um, it's the same. Yeah, it's the same stable hmm. that, that those movements come out from. It's a company in Geneva. So it's really mm -hmm. cool stuff, really cool stuff. So I'm a fan is of it, the brand and yeah, I'm happy about them. Is there is there one you prefer, Balash, or 
between the three you mean yeah exactly yeah uh posometer because it's it has these bronze kind yeah. of vintage leather mm-hmm, which is the strap is also this brownish leather strap uh very warm brown colors the others are a bit more modern to me um you know there's a bit of neon green orange so um um that's not really my thing i i think if i had to choose between the three i would go with with the first one with the posometer because of the brown vintagey feel and and this these uh soft um bronze colors hmm. although the, the the hands are also orange there and but that's obviously a singer um touch or the the logo is the same that would be my pick uh, what about you i agree with you i mean there's um there's a certain warmth to it um that really fits the design well um uh, i mean it's a stunning it's a stunning watch to to look at and i think it is a bit more the warmth and um the overall feel um makes the design a little more um outspoken in a good way mm. um so yeah i really uh, that's the that would be my pick as well to be honest with you and um it's a, it's a great pick Make it what three. about you, Mike? Make it three. Yeah, because I would. I, I agree. I think the uh, that bronze tone actually really sets the dial off well, and I don't know. The others are are also really nice. I think probably second. I would say the. Um, well, I guess it's what the tachometer. I I like yeah. with the orange and the black, but no, the the pulse meter is is definitely my favorite. Yeah, is is once again a a less expensive uh, piece, and uh, you know last year uh, Seiko. I mean, they come out with so much every year, but last year they really made a big move in the kind of mid range uh, prospects area, and they took you know the sixty two Moss. They took the um, well, they came out with a Willard, and then my my choice is this. Uh, 6159 uh, modern reinterpretation diver. And it's a bit of a painful thing to like because those three watches, well, at least the 62 Moss and the 6159 had been released as modern models in the prior few years, but they were bigger, kind of clunky. Um, I actually own the 6159. They, They came with these arrow hands that nobody ever really liked. And it was like they just sort of hit pause after two, three years and came out with replacements and in smaller uh, case sizes, thinner and a little more true to the the vintage looks with uh, more simple hands. And it's sort of a rare situation where, you know, a company kind of realized that, yeah, they didn't really put their best foot forward first <laughs> and, and they, they changed course very quickly with these watches. Um, with the 6159 version. So particularly the one I'm looking at is the SPB 185, which, uh, Rob actually wrote up in November. Um, th- this one has a steel bezel, which is kind of unique for Seiko and a, a black dial and it's on bracelet and, and I think there's the 187 that has a blue dial with a black bezel and is on bracelet. But I've not seen these in person. I've seen the the Willard that came out 
earlier in the year, and I've seen the 62 Moss uh, that came out earlier in the year. But And I tried those on, and they were great. They really were great. And when I say great, instead of like the typical old 14-plus millimeter thick uh, that most Seikos were and call it 44 millimeters, all these new watches come in around 42 millimeters, and they're 12.5 millimeters thick, which makes a big difference. Um, they're not clunky. The bracelets fit nicely. And, you know, on bracelet, they're all right around 1,200 euros. This one, I think, is 1,250. But I can't wait to see one of those. I promise you I'm not going to buy it because I need another dive watch like a hole in the head. But I, um, if, if I had not bought the 6159 redo, um, I have a special version from Ginza, uh, Japan, uh, the larger one a couple years before then probably I would get this one. So I really like it. Well done Seiko on these. I mean, hard to keep up sometimes with them, but this like core $1,200, 1200 euro midline within prospects, they have nailed with these three watches. Um, and I always like the 6159 mm-hmm. form factor best. It's got the, Crown at four o'clock, kind of that iconic style that came out in the late sixties. So that's my second pick. I guess, I don't know. Did you, did you see these in person? I guess you did. No, I haven't actually. Um, these uh, popped into the office and uh, were gone rather quickly. Um, unfortunately, I have to say, because I know um, the um, the article you were referring to that Rob actually wrote about the uh, steel bezel version actually got a huge amount of traffic and a huge amount of comments as well. It was one of our best read articles of, of last year. Um, and um, I agree with you. I mean, the fact that it is smaller is a really welcome uh, welcome feature. I mean, it's 42 instead of the 44 the other one has. I, th- I think people were really waiting for that. I know you have been. I have been as well. I can easily pull off. I mean, I have a, a Sumo, which is 45. And I actually had the previous version in for review as well. It kind of resembles your uh, the one you have, Mike. And I actually, uh, the one I ref- uh, reviewed for Fertella was the dark green sunset which basically has a dark green dial yep. with a black bezel and uh, some gold detailing um and i i mean i love that wa- i loved that watch but like you said there was i, I wasn't too fond of the uh, of the hands cycle took care of that they took care of the size i mean this is i know a lot of people in the team actually love this watch uh, f- because it solves so many problems or problems as you it's maybe a big word, but it solved issues some people had with it. So, um, um, like you, um, unfortunately, I didn't have a chance yet to check it out. So, I'm really looking forward to uh, finding out um, how it sits on the wrist and also which one is better. Because a lot of people seem to like the steel bezel version a lot better. I tend to like the blue dot version a lot better. So, um, yeah, it will be good to check out how they are in the, in the metal. No, I think, I, I don't know what I would choose. I, I just, I think the metal bezel is kind of unique for Seiko, which I like, um, but I'd probably, yeah, the blue one would, would be, it, it'd be a horse race, let's put it that way. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to go look at them here in Frankfurt in the next couple of weeks, I think. Yeah, what I wanted to say is I'm not much of a, a metal bezel fan either. 
Um, but everything just seems to work with this watch. And it's 200 meters water resistance. So finally a real diver. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, all jokes aside, I... I, I <laughs> I mean, I, I like the I like the watch, and I I really enjoy what Seiko has been doing. Um, obviously, this is this is no news now. It's been going on for years, and and uh, let's not get into that, and let's not get into Grand Seiko and stuff like that because we really talk about that a lot. But I really enjoy it, and I think that if you if you're for whatever reason you don't want to buy a German watch or a Swiss watch, the brand has just so much to offer, man. From from three hundred euros up to five thousand, three thousand, five thousand euros, uh, it's just really uh, just amazing um, how large and versatile the collection is. Um, and this is just a, one of those great pieces. Yes, it's not a not a, um, I guess what people used to call like a cheap cycle prize, but that's there's that's not there anymore, right? Because as I said, there's the there's the really entry level, but they also have expensive pieces and for this price you said 12 1250 right it's right it's just i think it's a great price it's a it's a beautiful watch it's sturdy piece it looks the part um obviously all jokes aside if you want to take it as a as a professional to watch the diary watch it it gets the job done um so yeah what's not to love about it i, I love it and i spoke to um Robert John and especially Bert as well. And um, one of the things that we have been um, mentioning quite a bit as well is the, the the quality of the of the bracelet has also improved uh, quite a bit. So um, it's yep. obviously something that um, we have been uh, critical of in in uh, recent years. So um, yeah, it's another thing that actually um, where they upped their game to. Yeah. So again, I mean, if you have a Seiko AD near you, uh, I've got one here in Frankfurt, very friendly, and I'm going to go check these out. I mean, Seiko comes out with a lot of watches throughout the year. So I'm sure when I go in there, you know, it's going to be, it will have been quite a long time. I think it's been hmm, six months. I think I went in right before Christmas and it's uh yeah there should be a lot of stuff to look at so but these i think are my favorite like i said these uh mid-range prospects uh all three all three uh cases are great um can't forget the sumo either but the 6159 style is is my fave so well cool um guys i i appreciate uh having the conversation and you know again um just hoping People as they choose to get out there again, you know, go take a look at some new watches or watches you haven't seen. And, you know, a lot has been released in the last year. Um, we've basically gone through two show cycles and that means you're going to walk into, you know, a lot of almost all new lineups from some companies. So have fun with it and maybe you'll end up picking something uh, to take home. There's Geneva Watch Days coming 2021. I just uh, just saw the email the other oh, day. Nice. So great. Um, hopefully um, I'll, this year I'll try to make it to Geneva for the for the event to see you guys. I don't know if you or Mike will be there, but I'll try to be there. And also, it's probably going to be the 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 flagship event 
for the year. At least for this year. And then we'll see uh, what 2022 brings us uh, with Watches and Wonders and Basel, whatever that's going to be called. But in any case, uh, let's let's see that, or let's hope that um, the, the watch world is slowly picking up pace again after all of this craziness. I mean, numbers are going down in Germany rapidly. Uh, I check uh, RKI or RKI every day. So it seems that we're on a good path. And fingers crossed that it's going to stay like that, not only in Germany, but everywhere else where you guys are listening to us from. So, yeah, hope to be back. All right. Well, I'll pick you up on my way down to Geneva. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> Indeed. We'll make it a date, Balash. So. In the Finfa. <laughs> yeah. We're going to stop at the, uh, <laughs> at the Dulaka, Dulaka Ali uh, for a McDonald's like we did the last time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Luxurious life of a watch journalist. Indeed. All right. Adam. Well, I am now going to bid you gentlemen adieu. And uh, with that, if you've got any ideas for future shows, you can always let us know. So thanks again for listening. Mike is out. Balash is out. York is out. <laughs> <laughs>